0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to Jack and Meltzer, Brad MMA show. As always, I am joined by my brother, Mel Brown. I am your host, Jack Arnestoups. How is it going, brother?
1: Uh, every day is the same, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, no. sitting, sitting here with a nice warm cup of tea for a sore throat on a... It's Tuesday? I don't even know what day yes. it is anymore. Yep. Everything just <coughs> blends into one. A Tuesday morning, uh, ready to talk some wonderful MMA as it's as it's back, just yes. like we are.
0: Yes, it's good to be back um, Obviously we, uh, we took a bit of a hiatus there Because there was no MMA for a while And then I've been going through uh, the breakdown of a relationship, etc And uh, yeah, so that, that's basically the delay and, Well, the main delay actually after that was the internet um, I didn't have the internet in the new gaff, So it took a while to get that sorted So
1: um, Had to get the yeah. MMA news via <coughs> smoke signal
0: Yeah, 100% Um but, man, it's, it's not been, like, it's been a good thing. I've been, I've been running every day. Um, yeah. I have been going to counselling for some long-term shit that I hadn't dealt with and um, that I'd buried for close to 10 years and just coming out a better version of myself, that's all you can do. So, trying to get on with things.
1: Going to get super fit and swole.
0: Well, I've been slinging some iron around, so,
1: <clears throat> yeah, going to get g- 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 jacked. That's yeah. the That's the plan. Um, but uh, Rachel Ostovich, yeah. if you're listening, he's now a single man. Now nah, pass on her, thanks. What? Yeah, no, nah, no, thanks. Not not my type. I
0: get it, but it's not not just not for me. Like
1: you crazy, man.
0: <coughs> so yeah, I mean we've we've definitely uh, had a weird period of time with quarantine, etc. So it's just good to be back and talking some MMA. So let's just get into it. Uh who from the rankings he has officially retired i was wondering if this was real or not um but it would appear that it in fact is
1: yeah well a uh, stank of the standard mma retirement where they're booked for a comeback in six months no i mean that's still possible but the fact that he's relinquished the belts is a good sign i wish more people would do this um going out on top seems to be nearly taboo in mma um does he really have anything more to accomplish? Mm, not really. I suppose Aldo would have been a, like a nice name to round out the resume. But I mean, he's beat what TJ and Dominic Cruz now back to back. So and Mighty Mouse threw that in there. Although I think that's the one which is really missing for me off the resume is there should have been a trilogy fight. I know they can't obviously at the minute with. With uh, Johnson being in in one, but it's the one which I think will. Well, not taint taint is a very strong word, but there'll, there might be a wee asterisk beside beside it. Like who was he really the best ever? Uh, you know, like like he's claiming um, at flyweight. For me personally no, like what he did at Slight. Yeah, it doesn't eclipse what, what Mighty Mouse <coughs> did. He definitely has an argument. Um but yeah, I would have loved to have seen that trilogy fight.
0: Yeah, I mean he's one of the best. Um oh, probably not absolutely. probably not probably not the, but um, you know, I, I think he dodged a bullet with Aldo because I think Aldo st- is a stylistic nightmare for him. Um leagues better on the feet, tough, um, decent cardio. Uh and I think the, you know, the size difference although at 135, obviously Aldo's smaller. Um, I think would have been quite difficult. And good luck getting Jose Aldo down. And if you manage to, good luck keeping him down.
1: Yeah, it sort of leaves uh, Vandamate a bit of a mess at the minute because I suppose there's yeah, six. And Sterling. I would say six names nearly that can put claim to to some sort of title shot. Um, Jan Sterling, um, Marais,
0: Sandhagen, Marais, yeah, there's there's a lot floating around. Although
1: Aldo Aldo came off loss, he was booked in a title fight, so.
0: Yeah, and also, it was a loss, and I mean, we've talked about this in the podcast before, you don't want to set the precedent of giving, you know, of being like, oh, it doesn't matter what the judges scored it, but like, Aldo won that fight against Marais to me. Yeah. um, You know, it does set a bad precedent, but the principle of it is correct.
1: If I was running the UFC matchmaking department, which do you think I actually think be a pretty sweet gig? It I, would. I'm sure it's full on, like it's nonstop, but be fun for a bit. Um, I would do Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Yan and Marlon Moraes versus Jose Aldo two and have mm-hmm. it as a mini tournament for the Bantamweight title.
0: Yeah, makes total sense. Yeah. Makes total sense. Um you know, it, it yes, it does leave bantamweight in a bit of a mess, but it also opens up options for things like that. There's definitely plenty of fights that can be made there. Yeah. So it's a good thing. Um, did you see, uh, obviously, Tyson, Mike Tyson's videos of him hitting pads again with Rafael, or Rafael Cordero. Rafael
1: Cordero. Whoop, ah. Holy shit balls! See, si, he's been... Uh, Man's terrifying. Uh, he is. He's been training and hanging out with Vitor Belfort. I um, well, I think Mike might also be on the old TRT uh, and everything else that's yeah. in the that fucking pharmacist I, like I know it's ridiculous like what is, he it? is like in 53
0: or something but there's talk of him versus uh Wanderlei Silva and Knuckle
1: that's uh that's just a that's legal murder televised you'd, murder you'd have to
0: have to favor Tyson
1: Oh, you couldn't not, I would bet. No, the only thing is the bare knuckle thing
0: obviously does change things a little bit, but, like, not enough to make a difference there. I think he's getting hooked to the body, uppercut behind him. It would be
1: disgustingly quick. Uh, like, van Der in his prime, you know, just sweating out pure droplets of synthetic testosterone <laughs> would, you know... He was never... Like striking wise, was never like overly technical, but was just tough as nails and just swung those hammers. Yeah, good luck doing that against Mike Tyson of any any age. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. And then the other rumor
0: was uh, Tito Ortiz versus
1: Tyson. Oh, good God. Tito's like putting videos, it's so cringy. It could, it could do double, it could potentially do double Mayweather McGregor. No, yeah. no, Tito it yeah, couldn't. But good, if it, I, but good use of the word potential, because like, that's that's applicable to anything. Me versus you in Street Fighter Two could potentially do double Mayweather McGregor. Now whether it does or not, is is <laughs> a is a different thing. But like he's, mean, he's he's just he, deluded. Even if he's right though, that's not because of him. Yeah, there's definitely like a delusion of grandeur. Um like I appreciate Tito for for the role he had in MMA, but he, like, MMA was less mainstream then when he was like up and coming or on top. So like, other than fairly seasoned hardcore MMA fans, do people know who Tito Ortiz is? Mm, uh, I mm. I don't think so. And like even the newer gener the newer generations will know Tito as the guy who fought Stefan Bonner and Fat Rampage.
0: Or from the Chuck Liddell trilogy, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, T- Tito's an asshole, though. I've never liked him. Um, I, but again, like yeah, I appreciate what you know his
1: role in the sport was, you know, in the but yeah, the, the, the beginning years. It's just I don't know, man. The the videos are yeah, they're not delusional to the point of being uncomfortable to watch. But that's yeah. not that's not going to happen either. Like Tyson's not going to fight MMA. And he's not going to do bare-knuckle either, because bare-knuckle don't have the money. Like, I see this thing being thrown around the news. They're going to up their $20 million offer. Uh, sorry, where are you getting that from? Presumably from pay-per-view,
0: which they would eat. I'm sure they'd easily make $20 million, but I mean, it's not the, the point. Are people
1: going to pay, you know, how... Like how Dude, many people, it's Mike Tyson. I Mike. know, I know what is, but it's fifty-three-year-old Mike Tyson. It like the matter. the generation who grew up on Mike Tyson, like we're even a generation, and a, well, maybe half a generation too young because we missed the eighties. Tyson, you know, like I don't know if it's there, and to fight someone like Silva, I just don't see it. Like I, for me, the best thing he could do if he has to do anything, first of all is like a exhibition bout with a Holyfield or some other boxer in their 50s or close to it boxing each other. I don't want to see him beat up poor Vanderlei Silva, you know, and that'll be the last time you ever see him and there's a, you know, an MMA legacy and he's only known to recent fans as the guy 53-year-old Mike Tyson murked. Um yeah, I think the problem is
0: that not the problem, but like the the caveat to that is that it's Mike Tyson and he's a cultural phenom, you know, and and there's a generation of people who didn't watch him fight and don't get that, but they know him from the Hangover and from pop culture and they're you know,
1: well, they're people be really like s- people
0: like our parents, you know, oh, watch, yeah. like, you know like I
1: tune in to watch Mike Tyson hit pads, but yeah, I I just think it has the potential to be really really sad because as we know from the limited training we've done, I'm not comparing ourselves to Mike Tyson at all. Speak for yourself. Yeah, well, it's true. You were pretty close. Um, <laughs> it's easier to look good hitting pads than it is fighting, obviously. I mean, it goes without saying. But there's just something like that snap or that killer instinct. And does he still have it over 50, 50 years old? <laughs> I don't know, like he's had a pretty mellow what past 10 years or so. Yeah. It'd be hard to just get into that. And not only that, like I applaud him for the shape he's gotten into. Yeah. But if you look at a picture of him from 10 years ago, he was ginormous. So, like, yeah, he will have done, you know, damage to his body that way when he was spiraling out. So. I don't know I just feel like yes of course I will tune in to watch Mike Tyson you know why wouldn't I it's Mike Tyson but I feel like no matter what happens you'll go away with a bad taste in your mouth being like ah, this is why we shouldn't really be watching 50 plus year old legends going at it it could feel very much like watching Tito and Chuck 3 like ah that guy looks like Chuck Liddell he wears the same shorts as Chuck Liddell but that ain't Chuck Liddell no no, it's not.
0: Um, I, I mean, with Tyson, it's just different because, it, like, he's clearly still got something there. Um, as where well, we saw nothing from Chuck in the in the build up to that that would suggest that he still had anything left. But I do agree with your sentiment. You know, um, I think it comes down to matchmaking. Uh, you know, I could see the bare knuckle thing doing better than him, Hollyfield, in an exhibition bout. Nah, because there's story with Holyfield. I no no, I get that. But it's not that. It's the that's Mike Tyson in bare knuckle. There's something completely primal about that that that, that yeah. I think I think adds to it, you know. Um did you see uh Colby Covington has been officially removed from the roster at American Top Team? Oh has he? I yeah. I
1: completely missed this.
0: Yeah, um. so uh obviously there's been a lot of drama regarding him between the Juana drama and, you know, yeah. them, them having that no trash talk rule. So, you know, maybe he has parted ways. Be interesting to see where he goes next, if that's if the
1: that case. ATT's that big. Like, is he not just... He'll probably just end up at one of their subsidiary gyms, still under the banner of ATT. And then your big man... I always forget his name's a Conan. Uh, yeah, Silvera. Silvera, or Silvera or yeah. He'll still end up in his corner. So I don't... I don't know. I think if he was fully out of American top team, there'd be a bigger story. But like I said, I've completely missed this. So Maybe there is, and I just haven't picked up on it at all.
0: I like uh, I like the thought of uh, elevation for him. You know, because you've Gaetje, Neil Magny, Drew Dober. You know, there's a a couple of guys there that would be good for him. Um, So you know, I I like the idea of there if he does change, Jim, but. You could well be right. He might just end up at ATT. Um, what, do,
1: what do you do with him next? Like, where's he going to fit in all this? Welderweight's a bit of a mess at the moment. Leon minute. Edwards. That is a great fight. People have just... well, I Forgotten mean, we'll, about Edwards. We'll, yeah, we'll get on to the, the Connor Usman stuff later. But like... And Masvidal, we'll include him in that. But yeah, people have just forgotten that Leon Edwards is on an eight-fight win streak and is a monster. Yeah. Um, yeah. I suppose he's stuck in the UK. For at the, the moment, future. Yeah, yeah, at
0: the moment. Um, yeah, he, he is. Um, but, I mean, we don't know. It depends on this Fight Island nonsense, you know.
1: True. Um, but B- he's, know he's, he's the dark horse there.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's the dark horse at Welterweight. We've been saying that forever. Um, <clears throat> you know, no one blows him away. And even the fights he's lost. You know, he had a remotely competitive fight with Usman in the past. Um a split decision or something like that. Yeah. I'd have um, to go back and watch it again. It's the same. That's why I was hesitant to... To sort of give him too much
1: kudos there, but it was also regardless, years ago, as far yes, as I know, yeah,
0: and that's as far as both of their developments go. But, yeah. um, yeah, speaking of Usman, uh, he said he would shag Connor if he wanted to.
1: It's a bit saucy, a bit naughty. I would believe it. Oh, 100%. Um, Twitter sort of has exploded over the last day or two with rumors, those of rumors, yeah, of Usman versus McGregor, and I just other than he might catch him early with a shot, you know, like, the, in the in the way that everyone has a, a punching chance in any fight, other than that, like, Kamara Usman is a man who is, I would say, easily 200 pounds. Easily. Um, if not more. Conor <coughs> is a man who... You know, has fought at featherweight for the majority of his career. I would say is a natural lightweight who f- fights other lightweights at welterweight who can't be arsed cutting weight. Usman's um, mm. a different monster physically. It's like when McGregor used to talk about fighting Woodley as well. It's just different. Usman would throw him around, and like Usman's chin, you know, he's he is not suspect the physicality and the grappling and the cage work and yeah it would just it would be a mauling
0: yeah i think that physically he's just completely different um, as you as you highlighted um <clears throat> you know i and even if connor can catch him
1: but he just can. i saw people saying the standard connor argument ah, but if he just catches him connor doesn't have this ungodly knockout power above featherweight in my opinion mm-hmm. No, no. It, it I ca- mean, he carries knockout power at lightweight. We haven't, he's accurate. He's accurate, yeah. He's more likely to TKO you. But this idea of like the the Aldo shot, the one big shot, he's not going to put Usman away with one big shot. No, and like even
0: like things like, you know, if people wanted to raise the cowboy fight and be like, oh, the shoulder strikes, and I'll be like, yeah, good luck doing that to Usman.
1: Yeah, but Cowboy was also a, you know, mid late 30s. Nah. I'm gonna, you know, it seems incredibly disrespectful to say gatekeeper or journeyman at this point, but cowboy is not <coughs> the top of the the food No, chain. I mean, imagine what Kamara Usman would do to Cowboy, you know?
0: Yeah, I think anyone that thinks that that Connor would win, um,
1: oh, I was just, it it's crazy, wrong.
0: it's crazy fan bias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, stylistically, the best matchup at welterweight for Connor is uh, Masvidal.
1: Yeah. That just seems to be a mess. Like, see, he's calling out Nate for a rematch for the BMF title rather than Usman.
0: Well, I mean, if you're him, why not? Get another big payday. And, you know, it, you know, Usman probably does deserve it. Or Masvidal, sorry, probably does deserve a shot. But, like, if you're him, you're
1: bound to know. I don't know. Like, I don't know if he deserves a shot. Other, or he's just sort of... The big name, the big name at the minute, but like, Jorge Masvidal has sort of turned into everything. The opposite of everything we used to like about him. No, like, it just seems he seems. No, I never accuse fighters of ducking fights or avoiding fights, but there does seem to be something weird here in that, like, he could have a welterweight title fight any time he wants now. Uh, Dana has said in the past he was looking at booking it for July and in fairness it might still materialise because everything we've heard so far is just rumours but like if you're Masvidal that's your one big shot you know you should be standing on the rooftops calling for this it just seems weird that uh, you know or the, the, the Colby fights there Masvidal Colby huge you know used to be best buds now they've you know hate each other he's kicked out of the gym This that and the other—that's a massive fight. To go back and call out Nate, you know, Nate Diaz, the puffed-up lightweight, who, like, what benefit is slapping Nate Diaz around other than money?
0: I think it is just money and more credibility. Um,
1: I don't think I don't think it adds any more credibility to him now.
0: No, no, no. But like, I agree because we we have a a stance that some people don't share about. diaz not being all that but in terms of you know the doubt that some people not you or i had about oh but he was picking up steam you know diaz was coming on strong i think that that fight goes the exact same way um and i think that doing that does cement credibility in terms of look i didn't just beat you once i beat you twice so you can shut the fuck up now you know now not credibility in terms of who Masvidal is as a fighter long term, or who yeah. else he could beat off the back of that, but you know I also respect it too because if you look at it's of like a like a light version of what's happening between Steep and DC, you know where instead of like having that fight holding, it's like no no I'll give you a rematch if that's really what you want I'll give you a rematch you know yeah um, so I, just, I,
1: I think I'm just generally disgusted and repulsed by the BMF title.
0: Yeah, I I can get that. Like, I can totally get that. But you know, it it's, is what it is.
1: It's, it's a toy. It's like me and you buying a replica WWE belt and writing our I don't know our own federation we've come up with on it. We used to have those belts. Oh yeah, of course we did. I
0: had the Intercontinental one, from what I remember.
1: I think I had the same one as you, and I had a tag team belt.
0: Oh Only no, I didn't. One.
1: No, it didn't. I remember... No, it wasn't a tag team belt. It was... Do you remember Stone Cold had his own belt? The Smoking yes. Skull Belt? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the Smoking Skull Belt of MMA. <laughs> it's just... Oh, it's so sad. A professional sports league. The, the pinnacle of the sport of MMA... Has a bad motherfucker title. Like when you say it in full, it's so cringy. Imagine you were explaining that to a new fan, you know, who isn't a seventeen-year-old fuck boy. Yeah, like imagine me or or your dad was like, "Okay, all right, we'll sit down for this big fight." Oh, what's this? You know, is this a world title? No, dad, this is the bad motherfucker title. You'd be like. Okay, right, I'm just going to go here. You know, Maybe I'll stick with boxing, where they don't have <laughs> stupid titles. Yes, they have 17 titles for every weight division, <coughs> but none of them are called that.
0: That's true. Um, did you see the UFC, uh, or sorry, not UFC, uh, the Spotify deal for Joe Rogan? I did. 100 mil? Apparently it's even more than that. I
1: just... Uh, fair enough, get that money. But, like, I'm sure he was making it sort of contradicts how he's presented his thoughts on it. You know, like, s- people only need so much money. I'm sure the podcast was doing just fine without that. And my biggest point against is he was going, Well, it's still free, still free.
0: And it's free so, with adverts, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you want the same experience, <laughs> you're going to have to pay a Spotify subscription. And yeah. it seems weird that they're taking it off YouTube yeah which is yep. synonymous that's what I was going to say is that's
0: it. my that's my way of of watching it
1: um, yeah like I will not now like I've sort of dipped out of it a good bit unless it's someone really appealing or you know really yep. interested in it I used to watch it pretty much religiously but now like I definitely I don't have Spotify I will not go out of my way to find it
0: no no nor I I mean 100 million though fair play to him oh um, yeah I I do appreciate that you know he says that it's not going to you know I would and knowing Joe Rogan I would imagine that it is well in the contracts that you know he still has full creative control so I don't think that the the product changes too much, um, but I mean just the fact that it's not on YouTube alone is yeah. so sad. Um,
1: well, I think it's only because it was obviously worldwide success, a phenomenon, you know. Why it's just because he's always preached that, like, "Mm, there's only so much money you need, this, that, and the other. Just seems like he's not selling out, you know. I'm not accusing that. And if someone offered you that much money, of course, you're going to take it, but I just think it sort of goes against the principles of it a bit. But yeah, it doesn't bother me enough to have a concrete opinion or argument against it. You know, you can't argue against someone being successful. Yeah, um,
0: you see, uh, Dana White shut down John Jones versus Francis Ngannou. I know it's why,
1: why it's right. Let there. it
0: happen. I so, genuinely think Ngannou could club him. Well, Ngannou could club
1: a buffalo if <laughs> we wanted to Yeah, do.
0: but I just I on paper Jones has uh, should have him beat
1: oh, everywhere skill wise. He is it everywhere.
0: But the thing is, like, they talk about John Jones' chin, right?
1: Has he ever really been clubbed clubbed? Yeah, I mean, like, DC and Gus and, so Santos got him, but, like, yeah, but none, none of these none people of, are in Ghana. That's but, what I was going to say. But yeah, but
0: no, no, not even none of them are in Ghana. None of them are known for their, like, one-punch knockout power. DC, a little bit at heavyweight, but... I don't know, but know.
1: it's, you know, it's, if John Jones is... £240, pounds, maybe the chin's even better. I'm that, not saying that he's I, chinny. Oh, no, no, I'm not saying that at all, but I'm just saying, like, I don't think anyone's chin holds up doing Ghanou, and I think it would be absolute madness to go in and go on, if you're Jones or Jones's team. Well, John's got a good chin, so we're all right there. Like, you get that big fucker to the ground ASAP.
0: Yeah, it, but it's can you?
1: You know, I mean, like... If, if people it, can, you know could be someone like Jones you know DC in Ghana is super interesting now I don't think we're ever going to get it no but plus the story there with um Velasquez obviously yeah true but yeah you know I mean we all had high hopes for Velasquez on paper now ultimately it it was the ghost of Velasquez past who showed up to fight him um but I Just other than the Velasquez, has he really fought anyone other than Stipe? And look what Stipe did to him, who had the ability to sort of take him down, hold him down, get back up, had the gas tank to go again and keep going. And we, we've spoken about this lots. We really just don't know if Ngannou has made any drastic improvements because we haven't seen it. Now, he might be yep. absolutely killing it in the gym and technically, you know, completely different. But you can only go off you know, the competitive data we've got and this is not a slant against him because you can't say well you're not showing us enough when you're knocking out Junior DeSantos Curtis Blades Cain Velasquez uh, well, who did you just knock out Rosenstreich in seconds you know his last five fights or so is like a combined 45 seconds or something so I haven't seen anything but at the same time if it ain't broke don't fix it the real test comes yeah. if he fights Stipe again And I don't know if we're going to see that either. I have a feeling Stipe DC is curtain call for both of them, which would pave the way for Jones and Gano heavyweight title.
0: Do you think is going to retire?
1: I think so. I think the eyes really seem to be bothering him. Um, I think there's other things he can do. Yeah, he's a two-time champ. He's rounding out the big rivalry of his career um he's, he's got young kids as well doesn't he
0: he's got one yeah a
1: wee girl, but yeah, 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 and obviously he is his uh, he 'll always have his career as like a first responder or firefighter mm-hmm. to to go back to so yeah i think and I also think him and the u f c are never on you have never seen eye to eye, yeah, yeah, never on great terms, and I can understand both sides of that argument because obviously you can't really bash a guy for being a first responder in especially in this time which raises another thing about should fights be happening at all but I mean we're not going to go back into that they are, you just have to deal with how it's happening um, mm-hmm. but at the same time you are the heavyweight champion of the world and you are in a very privileged position and you know yeah, you have to decide which is your side job and sort of focus up on, on doing one of them because there's a lots of there's lots of other athletes who need you to be moving to to keep this this whole thing ticking over. Yep, um, that's true. Which is hard to say, and you, you sound like a piece of shit going, well, you need to forget being a firefighter for a bit if you're the heavyweight champion. But, I mean, there is sort of some sentiment there. and like Yeah, kind of, but at the same time, you know,
0: is that really why he hasn't been fighting?
1: No, no, not at all. But I'm just saying that they were having a... A bit of a back and forth at the minute and he was saying, you know, I'm a, well, I I can't even train at the minute because I'm essentially doing my other job. Mm -hmm. I was like, I think, as you also said, his gym was closed as well, which, you know. Yeah, it's fair. Which is fair. But I think, I think it rubbed some people the wrong way that he was essentially saying, well, I can't train because I'm doing my other job
0: yeah but I it, get that, but at the same time, his other job is saving the lives of the general public and and I but, but appreciate and applaud but that's, that's what that's i'm saying
1: you sound like a piece of shit <coughs> when you're saying it, but at the same time, well, if that's what you want to do then you're you're doing that you can go do that. you know you can't have your cake and eat it with both
0: yeah no i agree um jose Aldo's head coach andre uh Pederneres. Pet- 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 pes um, Pet- Rineras, um he has, go, he's got the COVID, man. He's got it, so speedy recovery to him.
1: Yeah, well, I wonder how many fr- from the, what's uh, how many fight cards have we had there? Three? Yeah. Uh, I wonder how many of those guys will test positive now or within the next week or so, you know, in that window from, yeah, from yeah. contact. Well, it
0: may, it may or may not be from there. There was no no information regarding that, but speedy recovery nonetheless. Yep. Uh, Jessica I and Cynthia Calvillo set to headline the UFC event on the uh, on June the 13th. Um, worst main event ever? Yes.
1: Like, I, I just... I don't even think there's an argument.
0: Let's go evil!
1: Oh, that just makes my skin crawl.
0: Like, I just got a shudder. You'd it, have to favour Jessica I in that, right?
1: Um, yeah, I think... Yeah. At least, I don't know. As I would say, at least she's shown. Somebody's winning by split decision. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, well, Calvillo could top her. Could do. I just think Calvillo, they had these high hopes because she was, what, scrappy and a bit of a trash talker, had a bit of personality, but it didn't, you know. She, then she had multiple suspensions. Mm hmm injuries she just hasn't looked great. Yeah. Um Jessica I who I dunno, like I feel like she's lost every friggin' fight she's ever had. <laughs> but somehow the number one ranked contender. Shows the depth of flyweight by the way. Yeah, it's pissed then like um I'm just looking at I's last few fights. Uh The Orojo fight was close. Yep. She obviously got absolutely shot in the head by Shivchenko. Yep. Which Uh, was beautiful to watch. And I think, as far as I remember, in my opinion, she lost against uh, Shikagian in a split decision before that. So, like, all her fights are razor-thin close, unless she's getting battered. I just... I don't know the logic or the appeal... Of booking this as a main event No like I'm, no. Wo- I'm worried about the rest of the card If this is what's deemed the highlight
0: I agree um, and, uh, As
1: a European fan I put it up on Twitter Like, If you think I'm staying up to 6am To watch 25 minutes of Jessica I Versus Cynthia Calvillo Think again Correct, that would
0: be my stance on it too uh, Great fight has just been announced for June 27th Dustin Poirier versus Dan Hooker
1: Oh yeah A million times yes. A million times more than Jessica High versus Cynthia Calvillo. I fail to see how Hooker wins this. I don't know. I don't know. I mean... It could look a lot like the Felder-Hooker fight. I think it could be close. I think Dustin's... See, Paul Felder's tough as shit as well, though. I was about to say, Dustin's a bit tougher, but is he?
0: I don't think very many people are tougher than Paul Felder.
1: No. And is he more... It'll be on the feet. Right. Well, well, Dustin has a, a huge advantage on the ground. Got, Dustin's pretty tasty on the ground. But does he get it there? And on the feet, mm. is Dustin better than Paul Felder? Mm. Mm. He's a bit scrappier, maybe. Not as technical. I think he's got a bit more pop. A bit more pop in the hands, I think. But... I just think it's closer than people make out, but I don't know. Be interesting. It'd be interesting to see how Dustin is after the Habib fight. You know, he's sort of been as high as he's gonna go. I think. I think it's a it's. It's a very tough fight. I thought the fight, which would have made sense, and sort of nearly as a reward for Dustin, and it was booked before, should have been Nate Diaz, you know, I've said to you, once you've sort of fought Connor and Habib, you enter into that merry-go-round, and Diaz is also included in that, so. Yeah. So, um, I suppose probably the biggest news of the week
0: was Connor McGregor creating the uh, greatest of all time list, um, you know, uh, put himself number one, of course, Um
1: Dead decent of himself.
0: Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to let out. GSP is arguably... or Sorry, Conor McGregor is arguably the most important person that's ever partaken in the sport in terms of growing the sport and status and popularity. And he's had some tremendous wins and I don't want to take that away from him. But I can think of a laundry list of people that are in better contention than him. You have Anderson Silva. You have... um uh, Mighty Mouse, GSP, you know, there's a a list of people. Oh yeah, that, as that, culturally, that
1: culturally important, Connor is up there with Rousey, I think, yep. at the top. I could also argue that no one's done more to damage the reputation of MMA in recent years. Also true. Um, because obviously being one of, if not the only household name, um, I always, I always go back to like if my dad has heard of it, then it's You know, it's fairly mainstream because he's not a fan of the sport and sort of would only hear things. Or if he heard it on the news, his ears would prick up because you know, oh, my son's into, you know, that's his thing. He loves MMA, and all he's ever heard in the news recently is one the the shambles of Mayweather and McGregor, and then he keeps hearing that he's getting arrested for punching old people, throwing dollies fathering illegitimate children this that and the other so you could argue that he's done nothing but hurt the reputation of MMA to the general public and that it reinforces lots of negative stereotypes Mm -hmm. but for this argument we'll say he's good or you know maybe not good but just overall like his cultural importance is peak along with Rousey maybe you know ahead of Rousey he's at the top of that but yeah as for accomplishments I can't diminish his accomplishments because I think he's a dick. Because you know he still is a, a two-weight world champion. He's beaten some phenomenal names and he's mm-hmm. done it in, in great style. But I just think he hasn't been active enough. He's had some uh, bad losses. No, it's no shame in losing to Habib... I think the Diaz loss really hurts his legacy, and even the, the rematch because it was so close, and that's why he has done nothing but you know big up how good Nate is supposedly but uh, yeah I'm I'm the same as you There's does he sneak into the top 10 greatest of all time maybe on the fringe of it yeah I would say you could put him in the top 10 okay yeah but as for top 5 because I saw someone on Twitter forgive me I forget who it was it was like who's your Mount Rushmore of MMA now that's a different question and you could argue him on that yeah because that would sort of tie in cultural importance as well yeah but as yeah. If, as for just accomplishments no nah I just think there's there's way more and it's sort of criteria he was given himself the criteria he developed or explained seemed to literally just suit his circumstances so but I mean I'm not shocked and no one is and like oh my goodness you know Connor gives a greatest of all time list and puts himself on it at the top. Shocker. Uh, it's just fun to see that open up the discussion and see who people think. I saw some outrageous takes on the greatest of all time and who should and shouldn't be included on it and stuff like that. But I think mine's fairly... GSP stands alone at the top of mine. Yeah, same. Um, same. Simply because of the... Um. Quality of opponents, the the time he you know, when he fought them, how he beat them. I see lots of people discredit him, being like, Well he played it safe. I do the I the opposite. I'm like, alright, okay, so he beat them all and took the less you know, other than the Hendrix fight, hardly took any damage. Like
0: uh, I, yeah, Matt Sarah.
1: But yeah Oh yeah, yeah, but you know. Um I applaud that. That's not a negative thing to me. Oh no. I played it safe. What well, he beat everyone and still has a functioning brain. Um, two weight champion went out at the top and the big one is he has no now whether he did or not we can never prove it but you have to take the data as it is he never failed a drugs test so in, hmm. no I'm not saying he didn't you know because I think
0: me thinks the lady doth protest too oh much oh yeah
1: oh yeah but that's what I'm saying I have to take it at face value yes 100% he, he never failed a test compared to some of the others who, who fill my list. So that's what stands him alone. If John Jones had never failed a P uh, D test, he's top of the list, but he has. Even though he got beaten by Matt Hamill. I know, a brutal one-sided beatdown from Matt Hamill. Do
0: you know, it's funny, I have two signed UFC pictures in my flat. Um, I have one of Sean the Muscle Shark Shirk, um, and I have one of Matt Hamill. And I was thinking to myself, it's like, one day the Matt Hamill one might actually be worth something. (laughs) Just for that reason, just because he is technically... There'll be one day after John Jones retires where Matt Hamill memorabilia will just skyrocket.
1: I can't wait for 20 years down the line when Matt Hamill's in his, what, late 50s, John Jones is in his early 50s, and they fight each other in bare knuckle to settle it. (laughs) 12 to 6
0: elbows allowed, obviously. Oh, yeah. Only, I think. Just elbows. The last piece of news um I want to talk about um isn't really news as such, but just something that I saw that I, I, I wanted to raise with you. Um Bryce Mitchell, who I, I've always really liked since the Ultimate Fighter, um my ex and I actually watched that season and she always liked him. Uh he has been campaigning for a while now to get the camo shorts yep. from Reebok. It just makes me miss this. It just makes me miss the individuality of the fighters and being able to have this. And it does make me wonder, what fucking difference does it make the Reebok? Surely it's more fucking merch to sell if you give everyone signature shorts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just have never been a fan of it. I always enjoyed every fighter having their own different look. You know, Rich Franklin, the pink and brown. Yeah. Anderson, the Wasp. Or the B, you know, the yellow and black. B.J. Penn had the best fight shorts of all time. The Ruka the ones, ones with the black belt. With the black belt, um, you know, uh, you know, F- Forrest ha had the like beige tap out ones. Like everybody yeah. had their had their look, obviously. And then you've like iconic ones like Chuck and Tito with the fire and the ice, and like, that added to that rivalry. You know, like it was a visual contradiction of each other. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, fuck the Reebok shorts. They're just so dull. I just don't. I just don't get it. They make me sad. They make my heart sad.
0: Well, I don't understand. You know, from Reebok's point of view, it it makes sense. You know, you just you literally give fighters. You know, I think the difference was before you could have seen fighters going into every fight with different yeah shorts. You know, you just literally say to them, look, like you get you know two short redesigns a year or whatever, you know. Um, like, obviously, I don't necessarily mean the way it was, you know, where it's like sponsors and this and that. But mm. even just something as simple as, you know, why the fuck not get Bryce Mitchell's camo shorts? It's a bit of fun, and I can guarantee you that they will sell better than even if whatever made, ones it is even, that they have Even if not. you
1: made the camo shorts one of the like, the base designs?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
1: And then or even if you're allowed to pick your own, like, you'd like a two-color scheme, so then you could have guys like Anderson Silva who makes his shorts yellow, yellow and black, and black. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just it's been here that long. They don't look good. I hate the current ones with like the weird. It looks like they look like weightlifting shorts. Who someone's rubbed their chalky hands over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the
0: ones you're talking about—the gray, weird yeah. ones. Um. So I think we should probably get on to um. Our listener questions. Yeah. So first up, we have Emmanuel Nkara, and that's at E M M A N or M A N U E L E N K A R A. Are the rapid Henry Cejudo quick punches starting to become a go-to
1: tactic to finish fights? Yes. Yes. There, for me, there's two types of definitive. Well, not so much definitive, but like seems to be go-to ground and pound. There's that, where it's overwhelming, and then the argument always is, oh, well, it had to be stopped. You were taking X amount of unanswered mm-hmm. punches, which is a good tactic and sensible. Or there is sort of what, uh, what do you call it, uh, Anderson Silva sort of did against uh, Vitor Belfort, you know, where you, you would knock someone down and they very, very precisely, you know, like sh- hold a wrist with one hand and, you know, like, just one shot, you know, really find the chin and put people away. Uh, sort of, kind of what uh, Stipe did against Overeem. Yeah, um, I think those are the two ways to to do it. If you just flail wild, I think refs now more so than ever are giving you more chance to, to get out of it. So I think, yeah, you definitely see more people taking the sahudo route, um, because that's the argument, you know, if you're if you've just thrown twenty rapid fire punches, then you mm-hmm. can start looking at the ref being like, Oh, I've just hit him twenty times in the row. Yeah. Um so yeah, I think it's it's sensible as well. Like if I was cornering a fighter and they were hurt, I would just be, I'd be screaming at them to, you know, pour it on, get a finish. Like you suppose it's less so about the damage you're doing and more so about the aesthetic of Yeah, how it looks. Yeah. Uh at Andrew Lennon,
0: MI3, tweets and says, TRT Vitor versus Paulo Costa, who wins?
1: I don't understand how people... I saw this on Twitter. I can't remember who asked it originally. How many people underneath? Costa, easy. Uh, that's recency biased at its finest. Is it or is it a sign that the sport has no. transcended that a bit? Paulo Costa got boxed up by Uriah Hall. This is that Vitor... Is Vitor Belfort who spinning kicked Luke Rockhold's head off his shoulders blinded Michael Bisping knocked out knocked out Dan Henderson twice yeah, yeah. um, like he has a BJJ black belt for the last what, what 20 years Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was a black belt when he came into the UFC he has all that striking and boxing experience he is a, just so much general MMA experience and like he had muscles growing out of his ears, and it's six packs on his fingers. Yeah, like Paulo yeah. Costa is a big jack dude in an era where, outside of Yul Romero, there's less so. You know, like the top guy, I suppose, is, is relatable to to Silva Anderson Silva. You know, as he's more lean and tall. Um, I just. I'm not 100% sold on Paulo Costa yet. If I look at his big wins, he battered a over-the-hill... Johnny Hendricks. Welterweight Johnny Mm Hendricks. Like, the fact, if you look back now, the fact they had Johnny Hendricks fight Paulo Costa is ridiculous. Like I said, it was back and forth with Uriah Hall and I remember us watching that live being like, Uriah Hall's getting the better of him, but Costa just slugged it out because he was tough. Um. Now Costa's boxing isn't bad, but it's not as technical as as Vitor's. I just think Vitor's if you if they're allowed to take whatever they want, and I think Paula Costa is, um, and Vitor's on all the testosterone. It, the the Vitor who fought Bisping, Merksham. yeah, yeah, that that era. You're probably completely correct. I think people just see the muscles and they all seem to think he's a good looking and I suppose he is a good looking cat from Brazil I just don't think he's all there as a fighter and I suppose you know you can say oh he beat Romero super close fight I think Romero won it super weird fight like all Romero fights they're just super weird I think Izzy and I'm not a massive Izzy fan personality wise obviously I'm as a fighter because he's fucking phenomenal Mm -hmm. Um, but I think Izzy chews him up I think it's I don't think it's overly competitive, yeah, really? perhaps not, no, so, um, I'm on Vitor, what about you?
0: yeah, probably Vitor. I mean, if it's prime Vitor, I probably would have edged Vitor. My only question would have been had the sport transcended, or, you know, pushed past that, but I mean, I'm sort of in the same boat as you with. Costa, where I don't think we've seen enough yet to know if he beats Izzy, I'd have to maybe rethink this question a bit and sort of say, well, yeah. you know, he's maybe durable enough and tough enough to just walk through a bit and whatever. But I, I, my gut instinct would would be Vitor. Um, at a underscore W twenty says, should corners through the tile in more often? Yes, 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 hell yes. One of the things that we haven't talked about today, um, because it's old news, was the Anthony Smith Glover to share fight. Oh. That corner should lose their licenses because they're the same corner that are responsible for the Thomas Gifford beatdown. You and I watched that live and were in shock about how bad a beatdown he was receiving. Yes, I think that we need to catch up to boxing in this. Um, It isn't deemed as a shameful thing in boxing to throw the towel in.
1: No, not at all. Uh, but then you have people like Anthony Smith who just hurt, hurt the case. I'd fire my corner if they threw the towel in.
0: Yeah, well, uh, do you know what? If I was the corner, I'd be like, well, we're clearly not meant to work together because you're forgetting my job is to keep you safe.
1: Yeah, I think there's a problem which fundamentally comes from UFC contracts, which impact us in that there's the show and win bonus. So if you decide in the corner that you are throwing the towel in, you're also essentially deciding that you ain't getting 50% of your pay.
0: Well, do you know what? The UFC can fix that by either forgetting that or they can give half of the half, so a quarter, if your corner throws the tile in.
1: Something like that. I just think it should be done away with. You're there. You do the job. You should get paid what you get paid to do the job. I am 100% agree they need to throw in the tile more. The amount of... Like... We'll use the Smith one as example. He had two and a half more rounds of unnecessary punishment. That lasts forever. Yeah. Um gained nothing. He showed nothing. It's different if a fighter's showing something or is you know, he could still hit, you know, the big shot. But like Smith would and Smith's as tough as they come, but he he was beaten mentally, you could see it. Like he just went out there and I think it was a pride thing that he was gonna go out in a sword, but like he was falling over he was absolutely gassed i just there's no no benefit to it if yeah if, if you know if there's no way to win you just stop it like these guys don't need they take enough abuse anyway they don't need to take extra um and yeah we do need to catch up the boxing with this but we also need to change the like stupid like this is a sport now this isn't tough man competitions and bars no. anymore like you need no. to change that attitude of like well I'd suck my corner I'd fire them I'd fucking die in there yeah, no, it makes you look like an idiot it does yeah and see this whole like oh I, I'm willing to die in there be careful what you say because one of these days someone is going to die in there and we'll see how everybody's opinion on it goes
0: yeah we'll see if anyone ever says it again after that
1: yeah yeah you know. um, there's people f- sorry just to finish with that go on like that's why you see it more in boxing because you have seen people beaten to death, yeah, in boxing, and yeah. we're very lucky that it hasn't happened in mainstream MMA yet.
0: Yeah, because I mean, you have obviously the gloves are smaller. You've head kicks, knees, all of these things. You know, it is.
1: Would anyone have been surprised? Now you would never wish this on anyone. Oh, I'm trying to think. We'll use the Thomas Gifford one as an example. Would anyone have been overly shocked if there was medical complications after that fight?
0: No, and worse than that, if you remember, we actually talked about this in the podcast. He was, he unfortunately, cut from the UFC, which would have been double shit given that. Oh, and then he got iced um, in his and next fight. And then he fight. got completely iced by, you know, yes, a, a decent yeah. guy, but someone that he should have beaten. Um, you know, because his, his chin's probably just fucked. Um yeah. The Fighting with myself podcast. Hey dude, what's up? Um, at FWM under slash pod tweet saying, do you like having new crowds in MMA or do you prefer the crowds? Both. Uh, both. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you hear the the punches more. I like that you hear the interactions, like the interaction between Glover and Anthony Smith. Where yeah. It was like, I'm sorry, dude, and he's like, it's. Or he's like, I'm sorry. It's only business, and uh, Anthony Smith was like, it is what it is.
1: I wish you could, like if there was a way, I knew there is no possible way, this is just fantasy, that you could have both, like you'd watch it live with the crowd, and then if you're watching it back to, like, analyse it, you could turn the crowd off. So you, I'm sure there'd be a way to, to make it
0: that you could get similar results, but with the crowd, you know, so that during the fight, you condemn the crowd, but have
1: them during the walkouts. I think it's the walkouts that you miss it the most, the crowd. I don't know, I think I, think I miss it when there's, like, a big shot on the like, the crowd reacts to it, you know. Like you can feel the momentum swing, and I think you, you're able to. Uh, I find myself far more annoyed with the commentary when there's no crowd because it's all there is to concentrate on. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, quite like it. I like that it highlights one of the things which annoyed me. Or not the, well, it sort of doesn't annoy me. It's like when I've watched fights with people who have never done it. I've ne- you know, never trained never done anything and like they see someone blocking a punch or, a, or especially blocking a leg kick mm-hmm. and like I don't think the way the crowd often goes over the top of that and you like you don't appreciate that like even blocking stuff hurts yeah really yeah, really yeah. hurts And I think you definitely notice that more with no crowd you notice every every impact whether it lands clean or not yeah um, but yeah I, I, I do enjoy with both i think with like i think it made me more interested in the lure down the card fights but i missed the crowd more as they got to like the main event stuff like gaethje versus ferguson would have been insane with a crowd of twenty thousand plus people going buck daft
0: yeah yeah
1: no it's true it, it,
0: both though both um so Moju sterling schofield um <laughs> at i underscore uh sorry at i underscore um and um, underscore moj um he says how many duplicates of yourself would it take to beat francis and Gano?"
1: i think i tweeted him back I, I stupidly didn't realize i thought it was I just missed that it. it was for the podcast i think i said six and this is my reasoning one for each limb pretty much but Two poor males are gonna have to walk
0: sacrificial males, yep. Operation Pawn Sacrifice.
1: Yeah, they're gonna have to walk into the line of fire and take those big hammers. While two of us take an ankle each, and then the other two jump on his back. And I mean, like, I'm six two, 290, and I would say six of me <laughs> just just to hold a limb each. I funny you say
0: six because the figure I had in my head was four, mm-hmm. but that was. With the caveat that that depends on if you manage to like sneak up on
1: them, sneak up, or <laughs> or like get in without getting clubbed on the way in. See, I um, had us, I had us in the UFC cage, starting just six of us standing in the corner. And then, <laughs> the second the bell rings, two go forward, and two on each side go round, flank yeah, them, flank them.
0: You are thinking of it like a game of Hogs of War, exactly. Um, I think one for each leg is the key. Um, and that was my thinking. My thinking was like, if you had one person on each leg, you know, that he, he, he's kind of fucked at that stage. Um, it's the arms. You need to keep those arms. Yes, he, but if you have the legs, you're getting someone down. If you have, you know, if you have two fully grown adult males, at, a, at one on each leg, then he would, he's, he ju- he's going down. He would
1: just lift both hands like this and hammer fist both of you on the side of the head. Dead. That's,
0: <laughs> that is potentially true.
1: That, I that, would say... That's why you need another two round the back to sort of tie up an arm each.
0: I would have said four, if you can close the distance, but it's using the, the exact same logic you have, which is that, like, ideally six, if, two, four, two four, pawn four,
1: sacrifice. Four isn't enough, because if he gets one of you, and he will, you're fucked. Your plan's But That's,
0: what, it, that's, what, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. That's why, like, your plan with Operation Pawn Sacrifice yeah. with two people probably makes more sense. Um, so, yes, thank you They're, very much for the questions.
1: They won't have died in vain, though, because you will have a victory over Francis and Ghani. Something not many have. And... On your Wikipedia record, all six of you just count as one guy.
0: (laughs) So, we're going to get on now to preview uh, the UFC fight night, Woodley versus Burns, and we're not going to go over much in the prelims, because the prelims are a bit shit. Um, There is some interesting fights on the uh, main card, though. Mackenzie Dern, Big Mac, back facing Hannah Cyphers. Um, That's
1: actually quite a tough fight to call. Yes, uh, Cyphers is tough. Um... It's one of those things that if like if Mackenzie Dern can just do what she should do, it should be an easy night of work. But whether she does or not, like last time I just sort of fell in love with the overhand right and her striking like dog shit. Well, I
0: think the other problem was as well she had some trouble getting it was a Ruju she was fighting, wasn't it? Uh no, it was Amanda Rebas. That's it, who's turning out to to be oh, yeah. fucking good. And you know she's good on the ground, and you know good in the feet. And I think that that fight, what happened was, I think her intention was drag you down, strangle you. But obviously Rebas had slightly different plans. So you know you would think that on paper, Rebas, or, or not Rebas, said Darn will just dr- maul Cyphers on the ground, but he just she, don't could, know. She, she
1: could get picked apart on the outside. You know, it's uh,
0: yeah, she could. It's not likely. um... You know, I would, I would think at this stage, Mackenzie Dern, you know, should have enough on the feet to, to not let that happen. But you just, you don't know. I know
1: like, I mean, she's been off having a baby, so it's not like she's been in the gym solid. I mean, see the baby's a bit grown now. I'm sure that that kid must be one plus now. So she's. Yeah, but even still, like. Yeah, yeah what, no, no, what, I get it. What do they say? Nine months in, nine months out. <laughs> well, I, I favour
0: Mackenzie Dern by submission, but it is a tough fight.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, I mean it's the logical pick, but I don't know. I'm gonna go with Dern and the same as you by submission, but could very easily see Cypher's d you know, pick her apart on the outside. It depends what improvements Darn has made, but the the logical pick is, is Dern by submission.
0: Uh next up is Roosevelt Roberts versus Brock Weaver. Brock Weaver obviously the um Dirtbag who fights dogs. Yeah, um he's we had this on the on the podcast once as well, isn't it? Because I I think he was he's the first Native American to fight in the UFC. Yeah. Um and that's sort of his shtick for lack of a better word. Um didn't look great in his last outing. I just I think this is one of those times where we're
1: gonna see the levels. Well he only won his last one because he got DQ. Won, yeah, won by DQ as a legal knee. Um I fuck, think Ruse- this, fuck this guy. Um I really like Roosevelt as a fighter. I think he's really well rounded. Looks like he's super high potential. Uh, I agree with you. I think levels. I think Roosevelt. I don't know how he gets it done. He doesn't have crazy amount of power in his hands. He's a he's good. He's tidy, though. He's, oh, yeah, he's, he's slick, but he does have a pretty gnarly ground game. Um, so I could see him tapping Weaver. Yeah. Um, and yeah I'm going for that I hope he strangles him
0: welterweight fight up next with Kevin Holland and Daniel Rodriguez um, Wait, that's Kevin, a Kevin tough Holland fight
1: just being a gangster just getting fought. down to welterweight no I mean like he fought what two weeks ago
0: yeah yeah <laughs> beast um, loving it
1: yeah uh, I'm picking Holland by KO I think he's on a run yeah um, same I don't think it's, this isn't a, is this a welterweight yep Oof. Um fair play to him for doing that. Um yeah. like I just think he's surging at the minute. I think fighting that regularly took no damage in his last fight. But I mean Rodriguez is tough as well. it's a Hard fight to call. I literally am just swaying towards Holland. Um might be recency bias or whatever. But I think if you're in that the flu, you know, mm-hmm. Um it's easier to keep that going. Um Agreed. Yeah, so I'm I'll go I think he'll get it done early. I think uh Kevin Holland first round knockout.
0: Cool. Uh cool main events, heavyweight fight between Augusto Sakai and Blagoy Ivanov. I don't see Sakai having any success with this fight. Um I don't really like Ivanov um as a fighter. He just seems to win, even when he doesn't. Yeah, even when it looks like he's not either. Um yeah.
1: Do you know he got stabbed in the heart? Did he? Haven't I'm
0: surprised that they haven't mentioned that 30 <laughs> times a
1: fight. He's tough. He's not scared of anything because if you can survive that. You can survive anything? Yeah. yeah. Um, which isn't true. Um, no, no, it's definitely <laughs> not. Let's see if he could survive that again. Yeah, that's. I love that whole thing. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Mm, I'm pretty sure there's lots of horrible diseases and accidents and things which could happen to you, which is definitely the opposite of that that's
0: the funny thing about like going through breakups especially in the middle of a pandemic is everyone's just like time is a great healer you're like yes <laughs> yes, yes it is
1: yes yeah that's true um i'm gonna pick against oh i don't know this is going to decision either way yes a hundred percent it is and it's going to be slow uh, oh. in my topology i've picked sakai i don't know why I don't know why I've picked Sakai. Um, why oh why did you pick Sakai? pick Sakai? I don't know why I picked Sakai. Um, I think I'm going to change that to Ivanov. I think he's beaten... Better. Better people. Sakai... The only fight I can really remember Sakai was he won a split decision against Andrei Arlovsky, which he shouldn't have. Yep. Um And being a Pitbull fan, that has scorned me. So I will pick Ivanov.
0: Ivanov by decision. That was my call. Um... The main event, T Woodley in the house, um falling in and out of love, in and out of love with you. Love um Gilbert Burns. Now this fight I think a lot of people are favouring Burns because he's, you know, been on a bit of a run, looks good at welterweight, can crack, obviously his ground game's great, but I just think that Woodley people write Woodley off for some reason. I don't know if it's exclusively ...the battering he took from Usman... ...but like people write him off... ...and I think that Woodley
1: handles this fight...
0: ...with a. I think he makes it look relatively easy.
1: Um... Yeah, I mean I was going back and forth... ...with a bunch of people on Twitter... ...about this... ...um... ...yeah... ...it very much depends on... ...mind frame of Woodley... ...and sort of like hunger to do this... ...um... But I always sort of assume people are coming in the best they can be, and if Tyron Woodley's the best he can be, uh, he beats Gilbert Burns. It's like we were talking earlier about uh, Connor and Usman. No, it's not as exaggerated this time. But Gilbert is coming up from lightweight. He's sort of probably sort of one of those guys who could float in between if there was a one hundred and sixty or one hundred and sixty-five division. Um, Woodley is two hundred plus pounds. Um, obviously. Gilbert Burns has superior jiu-jitsu, but Woodley's jiu-jitsu is nothing to be sniffed at. Um, and is t- but the the wrestling's the big difference for me. Gilbert will not be able to take Woodley down. Woodley can take Burns down if he wants. Woodley is his wrestling is good enough. His ground and pound is good enough that he can negate a lot of the jiu-jitsu threat from the top. Mm-hmm. Um, he also hits like a truck. Yep. um, Gilbert maybe the more refined kickboxer i'd say woodley the better hands maybe but it's close yeah, yeah. um burns like he does carry par and pop but it's coming with a caveat you know 45 year old damian maya yeah impressive win super impressive win other than that, a welterweight, who's he been knocking dead? No one. Um Yeah. Woodley has Woodley been stopped by strikes? Oh yeah, yeah, years ago against uh, Mark. yeah. Um I just, mm, I just I think Woodley's better. He's a better fighter. Now he is up there in age, but I think if he comes in with the right attitudes he he gets this done. I'm picking him second. Woodley second round knockout. Yeah, I, I think it'll be second or third
0: round knockout as well. I think it's gonna be early and he'll get it done. Um I also
1: just don't think Burns has faced people of Woodley's standard. I know Damian Maya and like that's you know, they both beat Damian Maya. Woodley beat Damien Maya three or four years ago now. Uh, Maya's been on a great run but he always felt like it was a, not an accident waiting to happen with Maya. Someone was going to clip him sooner or later. He couldn't get away with it forever. Yeah. Um, I just think if you look at Woodley's uh, hit list, the names on not like, they're, I just think there's better fighters. If you compare the two records Woodley's is infinitely better against infinitely higher level now, Burns has been super active, not only in MMA, but in uh, high-level grappling, mm-hmm. whereas Woodley has been recording shit music for the better part of the last year. But I think people are, I think people are, even that is sort of influencing people, that he's kind of made a clown yeah, of himself.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, sort of remove some of his credibility, Yeah,
1: people feel like he's not but as I think, good as he actually is. yeah. But I definitely think that you're about he's about to remind some people why he's arguably the second best welterweight in the world. Because people have they've, they've really taken him out of the discussion. You know, we were talking earlier, you know, this Usman, Masvidal, Connor, Kobe sort of, you know, mess that's going on. If Woodley wins impressively, uh, you can stick him right back in there. Oh, 100%. And, and he's a great opponent for for any of those guys so
0: yeah agreed um i make the same prediction as well so that about wraps us up for this week's podcast obviously if you're not following us on social media what you've been doing with your life you can find us at jack and Mel's super rad mma show on facebook um by searching that or facebook.com forward slash super Ad mma uh, you find us on twitter at super Ad mma show Uh you can email us super at gmail or super mma at gmail.com Uh, Instagram, super at MMA. So give us a follow. If you like the podcast, please make sure to like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. If you're kind enough to leave us a review, that would be totally awesome. So anything else to add, Brother Mel? No, it's good to be back. 100%. See you next week. Peace and love.